Christmas traditions on this edition of Truth and Love. Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I have with me Dr. Heath Lambert. He's a senior pastor of First Baptist Church, Jacksonville, Florida. Prior to serving at First Baptist Church, Pastor Heath served as the executive director here at ACBC and is a professor at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's the author of several books, including Finally Free, Fighting for Purity with the Power of Grace, A Theology of Biblical Counseling, The Doctrinal Foundations of Counseling Ministry, and The Great Love of God. He's married to Lauren, and they have three children, Carson, Chloe, and Connor. Heath, man, it's always good to have you back on the Truth and Love podcast. So grateful for you starting this whole thing. In the coming year, in 2024, we will surpass 500 episodes. Would you have ever imagined something like that? No. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? No, we were going to give it a run back in the day and see if it worked. And I kind of thought maybe it will, maybe it won't, but it's worth a shot. So that's funny. And here we are. Yeah. How about that? The ripple effect, pretty wild. And uh, Lord continues to bless you know, listeners growing consistently. And uh, yeah, grateful for that vision that, that you had that we're still picking the fruit of, man. That's kind of cool. But, Praise the Lord. Well, listen, it's good to have you here. I want to say, first of all, to everybody, Merry Christmas. We're so glad to be able to release a podcast on Christmas Day, and, and hopefully you're celebrating the, the birth of our Savior and looking forward to His coming again. Keith, the reason we have you here, we want to talk about Christmas traditions. You actually started this years ago. We've continued to do this. This has been one of my favorite times of year to listen to those who've been a part of the biblical counseling movement and to just hear a little bit about what goes on in their house at Christmas. Now, before we get to that, I do think it's important. Everywhere I go, people say, man, how is Heath? Is he doing okay? I'm going to give you a chance to say how Heath is doing. So you can just tell everybody how things are going for you. Well, I appreciate that. It's uh, I've had too many surgeries not to uh, elicit such questions. So I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'm very, very thankful that um, I just got done with a series of meetings with my neuro- uh, neurosurgery and neurology team. I had had uh, actually right after the ACBC conference this year, I started having a recurrence of symptoms. They weren't as bad quite as what I've had in the past, but it was concerning to everybody. So had a new round of tests and met with all the folks. And the good news is that my MRI is clean for the first time in, in five years. So I don't have any compression on that troubling nerve in my brain, which and since that's the case, then I don't, I'm not a, I don't need surgery. So that's good. So I'm very, very thankful for that. The bad news on that is that I do, I'm just going to have some permanent nerve damage. There's just been too much between blood vessels and scar tissue and surgeries and actually probably even a, a viral issue that they uh, think now happened a couple of years ago. That, my, that nerve's just been through too much and it's going to cause me trouble for the rest of uh, of my life. So. Sometimes, you know, that means a little bit of trouble talking. Sometimes I get a little winky. So if I wink at you across the table, I don't, you know, it's, I'm having a, I'm having a neurological problem. I'm not getting ready to spit at you or growl. It can sometimes look a little funny, but they, they, sometimes it's painful, but they do think they're very encouraged, actually highly encouraged that now that there's no compression on the nerve, that they can treat those symptoms uh, medicinally. And so I've started that. A lot of those things, it's, it's going to take a few months for medicine to build up in, in my system and that kind of thing. But they're very encouraged they can, they can eliminate most of the symptoms. And so as long as I'm 
continuing to get those treatments, I should be fine in terms of talking and chewing and all those kinds of things. So I'm very, very thankful that nobody's plugging in the brain drill again and very thankful for medicine that can treat treat the problem. So thanks for asking. No, it's good stuff. I'm really glad to hear that. Praise the Lord for for the update and excited to uh, to now talk about Christmas. Yes. Can you believe it's Christmas? That's unbelievable to me. Here we are celebrating Christmas again. And uh, it, it really does happen the older that we get. Our parents were right. How fast years go by. It's yeah. amazing. I want to take us into maybe your childhood, your past a little bit, some of the memories that you that were special around Christmas time. Talk about some of those if you can. Yeah, so I, I love Christmas. Everybody loves Christmas. It's not like uh, it's not like that's some big revolutionary thing to love Christmas. But I really love Christmas. Uh, Lauren, my wife, she calls me Buddy the Elf. I kind of get a little over the top at Christmas time. I don't exactly know why all that is. the 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 nature of my childhood meant I, there weren't a lot of really happy Christmases. But one. And, you know, you're getting into trouble with me because, you know, if you know me at all, how much I like to tell stories. I think in stories. So maybe I'll tell a few happy memories and you can tell me to stop or cut them out or whatever. But but one happy Christmas and there weren't a lot of them, but one happy Christmas from from childhood was actually it started out really bad. My mom was horribly drunk and was being really violent and was out. I mean, she was out of it. I mean, she was not functioning. She was passing out. She was throwing up. And one thing led to another. My older brother got involved. And next thing I knew, my dad had come to get us. We hadn't seen him in years. Uh, Mom had moved as far away from where he was. He didn't even know where we were. And he came to get us, came to get us. I remember that he brought the police because my mom played dirty and he was afraid she was going to accuse him of kidnapping or something like that. So he comes with a police car. And I can remember, I can remember the red and blue lights on the Christmas decorations. I can remember what that looked like, uh, the red and blue from the police car on the on the Christmas lights. And so he took us and we went to where he was living at the time with his wife that we had never met. And that was a great Christmas, not because of everything that had happened, but it was Christmas like a few days after that sort of rescue there. It was, I mean, I remember I got Monopoly. I'd won a Monopoly for so long. I'd never been able to get it. And I got Monopoly. He got us bikes. I forget what all we got, but we got a bunch. He took, he got a lot of stuff covered in two days. And we got to go to our memma's house at Christmas time that year. And it was just sort of this remarkable, I mean, mom was being horrible. It was terrible. It was going to be a normal losery time. And then all of a sudden rescue. And we had a, a delightful Christmas that year. Uh, that was one, one happy uh, childhood memory of Christmas. You know, another really happy Christmas memory from, was from college. So I'd, I'd been studying in Israel for a semester. And uh, if you've ever been to Israel, it's actually, it's actually very Middle Eastern in terms of culture. It doesn't, it doesn't feel, you know, they're, they're our friend in the West and all of that, but it feels very much like an opposite sort of culture. Loved being there, loved my semester there, learned so much. But when it was time to be done, I was ready to be done. And my buddy was studying at Oxford. And so I spent, I got a four day layover at Heathrow and I went and saw him at Oxford. We went and walked around London and all of a sudden these people were speaking English and all of a sudden there was Christmas carols in the shops and there were these beautiful store windows with green ivy and, and red bows. And I was just like, I love Christmas and I love the West. <laughs> I love it. That was another one. One more as an adult with kids. Everybody wanted a dog. 
and I was being Scrooge. And I said, we're not getting a dog. Dogs are a mess. Dogs tie us down. I was leading ACBC at the time. I was like, I'm on the road all the time. You got, no, I'm going to leave you guys with this dog. I'm just not getting a dog. And Lauren. Doing your mom a favor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah doing, <laughs> doing your mom a favor. And uh, then she did me a favor, uh, their mother. And she told me that I was, she let me know in a very Christ-like way that I was thinking about it the wrong way because she wanted a dog too. And so then I just said, all right, well, we're still not getting a dog, but I was lying. And what I started doing was working behind the scenes to go get a dog. And so I showed up. Uh, it wasn't Christmas Day because the handoff with the breeder had to happen a few few days before. But a few days before Christmas, I walked in with what everybody agrees is still their favorite Christmas gift they have ever received. And that was a Brittany Spaniel named Simeon. So Simeon, he had to he had to cross the Rainbow Bridge here a few years ago, but uh, he still is beloved in our home in memory. I so. love it. Now, you mentioned Christmas carols when you're talking about walking down London. I, are you a guy that is the Christmas music listener before Thanksgiving or are you like, man, we got to wait till after? Oh, it's it is an ordinance that we wait until after. Oh, man. It's one thing that you and I disagree <laughs> on. Like, there's too much good Christmas music to wait until after Thanksgiving. Oh, listen, you get a month shot every year. Like, Oh, I'm oh. a machine gun guard. Okay. Like, it, in, in fact, do you want to know this? I'm going to get made fun of from my... Uh, like, it's a thing in our house. I don't need anybody. If you think this is weird, then you can email me at Dale Johnson at <laughs> acbz.com. But the uh, we get up and we have breakfast on the Friday uh, after Thanksgiving. Lauren's usually gone shopping before any of the rest of us saw the light of day. And uh, the very first set of Christmas, Christmas music that we listen to is the Ann Murray Christmas album. And the very first song we play is Ann Murray singing Joy to the World. And it does all of our hearts good, too. And if you're making fun of me, if you listen to it, it'll do your heart good, too. And Mary singing Joy to the World. It'll be motivation to wait till after Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was listening to Anne Murray, I'd wait till after Thanksgiving too. It's great. So I we wait it. till after Thanksgiving. I love it. That's really great. Now, talk about, I mean, we get we start to get ready for Christmas, uh, you know, a month in advance before the, the day even gets here. What are some of the things that you guys do in the home to prepare or even to prepare your own hearts as you think about this Advent season? Yeah. So we do a lot. So once we cross that threshold of Thanksgiving that we just disagreed on, once we cross that, then all bets are off and we go nuts. So there's a lot of things that happen in our house at Christmas time. I mean, a lot. It is all Christmas all the time. So there's a lot of things I could say. I'll mention two that are probably really definitive uh, for the whole uh, for throughout the whole season. The first is on that Friday, that Friday after Thanksgiving, we wake up and we usually have something like eggnog French toast or something very Christmassy or something like that. Lauren's usually gone shopping, and uh, but me and the kids then we decorate the house for Christmas. And I mean, we decorate the house for Christmas. We go nuts. And it has been this thing that we Lauren leaves the house at the crack of dawn. And when she comes back four or five in the afternoon, the house is decorated. So she's had this magic Christmas miracle. That This is why she calls me Buddy the Elf. She's like, it's like Buddy the Elf came to the house. So we decorate the house. And and that, you know, if you just think we're just secular people who put up trees and are celebrating Saturnalia or whatever, it actually has been a really meaningful time for me and the kids. It's not just a time to be together and work hard and 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 make the house look good. Honestly, it was a thing every year where we said, hey, listen, 
you have a birthday, I have a birthday, and your brother has a birthday, and your sister has a birthday, your mom has a birthday. And when you have a birthday, we spend a whole day celebrating it. But there's one person who has a birthday, and we spend a month celebrating his birthday. And we, re- we change the way the whole house looks. And so this wound up being a, spe- we are getting ready for Jesus's birthday. It was actually uh, Christmas decorating that our oldest son, Carson, uh, made his profession of faith. And when a light bulb went off and he was like, I have a dirty heart and I want Jesus to clean it. So that was the first time he expressed faith was during Christmas decorating uh, on the day after on the day after Christmas. So Christmas decorations is a big thing. And then another thing is uh, my wife's Italian and she bakes Italian cookies I mean, enough cookies to feed an army. So in, in the ministry assignments that I have had, you're, you're familiar with this, every ministry assignment that I've had, the number of people that I've been in relationship to has been far larger than we could ever buy gifts for. So our solution to that has been Lauren's Italian cookies. And so she starts baking cookies uh, soon after Thanksgiving, and there are just cookies coming out of our kitchen right up until Christmas Day. And so that actually has been another, it's not just festive, it's also that we're doing this to give to people, we're doing this to serve people, we love, this is a box of cookies that's going to this person that we love. And so that's that's helped us prepare our hearts as well. Man, I love that. That's so cool. Now take us, we're a little bit closer, take us into, you know, do you guys do anything distinct or different or special to you on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day? What, what, is that, what does that look like in you guys' house? We execute a goat. Oh, <laughs> That's a, that's definitely we call specific, it Christmas goat. specific to you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and then we eat the goat for Christmas. No, just kidding. No, we. You know, I don't know that we do anything too different than anybody else, but we do have. We we are on a schedule. So so Christmas Eve, uh, every Christmas Eve, uh, First Baptist, we have a wonderful, beautiful. I mean, a glorious Christmas Eve service where it's about an hour. We sing a lot of songs. I preach a little differently on Christmas Eve. So through the year, I start with a text and I preach it and I sometimes use illustrations to help explain it. Christmas Eve, I do the opposite of that. Christmas Eve, I find some interesting, meaningful, helpful story about Christmas. And I I spend most of the time just telling that story. But then I end that story on a text of scripture that we could all kind of apply to our hearts and carry into the into the celebration of Christmas. So and then it's a candlelight service. So the last thing we do is we fill up this room with candlelight and sing Silent Night or uh, Oh Little Town of Bethlehem or something like that and go out. And then there is a wonderful, precious family uh, that for years now uh, we get together with after our Christmas Eve service and we share a meal. There's been more and more people added to this meal uh, every year. So now it's a pretty big group of us that uh, they get together. We're having brisket this year. So I'm hey. looking forward to that. Love brisket. Brisket's one of my favorite things in the whole world. So we're going to do that. And then we go home. And then before bed, we do one thing that's really spiritual and one thing that's really not, if you have the strength to bear it. <laughs> so we watch the old How the Grinch Stole Christmas. We watch How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And when our kids were little, I don't know what everybody's going to think about this, but I told everybody that when the Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day, that that was the Lord changing his heart and he'd been regenerated. <laughs> so that's, that's what I did. <laughs> Look, see what the Holy Spirit did to the Grinch. It's true. Biblically, the way he changed is the Holy Spirit. So I imposed that on uh, Dr. Seuss. And then we read um, we read Matthew's version of the Christmas story and go to bed. And then we wake up on Christmas morning and we read Luke's 
version of the Christmas story. And then we open gifts. And while we're opening gifts, Lauren's making homemade cinnamon rolls that we eat. And then we have Christmas dinner later in the day. Fun stuff. It's it's neat to, I'm even smelling cinnamon rolls right now. <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah, I bet. Favorite Christmas gift that you've given and favorite Christmas gift that you've received. Can you, can you recall? Oh yeah, I can recall. So I, I'd have to say, so if, if my wife and kids listen to this and they probably will, uh, they'll be ashamed if I don't say that my favorite Christmas gift that I gave was Simeon that one year. So his name was Simeon. Simeon in Hebrew means the Lord heard. And so I said, guys, you've been praying for a dog and guess what? <laughs> the Lord heard and we're going to call him Simeon. So in everybody, we got a video of the kids lifting up. I was like, he can't open this gift. You got to lift up the box. And so they got, they lifted up and we got a video of our daughter going, a real puppy? Are you serious? So that was probably my favorite gift that I have given my favorite gift that I've received. I feel like I'm not going to have any friends when this is over because I'm talking about Ann Murray and watching the Grinch and all this kind of thing. But so my favorite gift that I have received for Christmas was Reba McIntyre tickets. Oh, my goodness. I love it. <laughs> so I'm a huge country music fan. My country music parents are Reba McIntyre and George Strait, and I got Reba McIntyre tickets for Christmas one year. Well, you know, when I first met you, people told me you did like country music. I could not believe that. No kidding. But I here love we it. are. I love it. And I like old country. I, if you ask me about a new guy, I can't. Now, I've heard some Chris Stapleton. I like him. But I like the stuff I listened to when I was growing up, like in the 80s and the early 90s. So I like George Strait. I love Alabama. I like Reba McIntyre. I like Garth Brooks. You can't listen to Garth Brooks because he's stingy in how he releases his music. But uh, God bless everybody. But yes, huge country music fan and Reba. I've been to a lot of Reba McIntyre concerts. We'll just leave it like that. There you go. <laughs> Alabama Christmas. That's That was one of my favorites growing up. We still oh, listen yeah. to it. To oh, it's this good. Day. Yep. It's good. Very good. Well, listen, man, this has been super fun as we all celebrate, you know, the, the first coming of Christ and we look to the one, to the time when he comes again. And uh, it's always fun to sit down and to think about how families make it special. And it's good to hear how the Lamberts do that as well. So thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. You know, it's really fun and exciting to to hear and to think about and remember how we celebrate this time of year. But but for so many, uh, this is a difficult time of year. Maybe they've lost a loved one that they're used to sitting next to at this time of year or some traditional celebration and that person is is missing from the table. You know, it's difficult. And we want to remember those who are, who are struggling. I think it's important for us to even pay attention to be aware of those who are around us and how they may be struggling. Uh, it's a good time of year for us to remember the resources that we have, certainly our churches, but also uh, at ACBC at our website, the Find a Counselor map could be really, really useful, especially for out-of-town guests or something like that. So we want to remind you about that resource where you can find nearly 3,000 of our certified members spread throughout the nation and, and some in, in, in other countries as well. And you can find access to those who have been trained through ACBC, met our standards, and are now trying to serve the Lord by counseling those who, who are broken. And this is a time of year where we can really utilize that help through counseling ministry. So be aware of those things. You can find our, our map, as you know, at biblicalcounseling.com. Mm-hmm.